Okay. So we are doing Sunday of Parshas Kisavo, the Torah portion of Kisavo. And the entire portion of today is focusing on the commandment of Bikurim, bringing your first fruits to God. So the first verse says, to be when you enter the land that God gives you as an inheritance, you shall take possession of it and dwell in it. So Rashi says, the verse says, it shall be when you enter the land and you take possession of it and dwell in it. So based on this, we understand that the commandment of the core of the first fruits only applied after they did two things. They conquered the land. As it says, you shall take possession of the land. And they settled it. It says it took the Jews seven years to conquer it and seven years to settle it. So until those 14 years were over, they were not obligated in the commandment of Bikurim, bringing the first fruits. Next verse. And you shall take the first of every fruit of the ground that you bring in from your land that God gives you. You should put it in a basket and go to the place that God will choose to make his name rest there. So the verse says you shall take of the first fruits. It doesn't say you shall take the first fruits, but may of the first fruits. So Rashi from this says, we learn that it's not all first fruits that have the commandment of Bikurim. Only the fruits of the Shiva Saminim, of the seven species for which Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, is praised. So we understand from May Rashis, from, of the first fruits, that it's not all the fruits. But how do we know that it's the seven species of the land of Israel? So Rashi says, because it says here, the land. It says, take from the first fruits, first fruits of the land that you should bring me'artzecha, from the Eretz, from the land that God gives you. So just as it says the word Eretz, land here, it said above, in enumerating the seven species of Israel, the Shiva Haminim, Eretz, etc. The same word Eretz is used here and there. Land here and land there. So just as there it meant the land meaning the seven species that the land of Israel is praised with so here it means the seven species that the land of Israel is praised with. That's interesting because Rashi now goes on to specify because for two of those seven species you might be a little confused what it's talking about. Now originally when the verse lists the seven species Rashi doesn't comment because it's not practically relevant, but here it's practically relevant, because from these seven species exclusively, you're bringing your first fruit, so we have to know what they are. So one thing that seems a little confusing is the term zeshem and olive oil. So what do we bring? What is it? So Raji says it's a very specific type of olive, the aguri olive, because the aguri olive has the oil, agur means collected collected inside of it just like a grape. If you squeeze a grape, the grape juice comes out. If you squeeze an apple, it's not so easy to get the apple juice because the juice juice is absorbed in the pulp of the apple. But in the grape, it's separate from the pulp, so it's easy to extract it. So these aguri olives, the oil is separate from the pulp and it's very easy to extract. Those are the olives we mean that are the praise of Israel. Also, when it says honey, we don't mean honey from bees, because obviously that wouldn't make sense, because honey from bees is not a fruit from the land. So it means honey of dates. 
Then Rashi comments, another comment on this word, of the first. How do we know what's the first? Meaning you're obviously not going to collect unripened fruit and bring it to God. That wouldn't be very praiseworthy. And by the time the fruit's ripened, most of it's ripened, if not all of it's ripened. So how would you know which was the first? So therefore, the farmer goes to his field. He's watching, watching, watching. When will the olives ripen? When will the days ripen? When will the pomegranates ripen? And when he sees the first fruits ripen, the first fig that ripens, he wraps a sign around it, a reed grass around it. And this is a sign. He says, this is consecrated as first fruits. So later, when his field is full of ripened figs and dates and olives and grapes, he'll see that sign and he'll know, oh, those were the first. Those are the special ones. Those are the ones I'm bringing to God, which is, of course, there's a tremendous point here because the farmer works and works and works and works until the crop is ready. And the most precious thing is the first fruit. So that's, oh, 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 it's ready. Let me just taste the first one. No, no, no. Your first fruits, the first produce, your first product of all your efforts, give that to God. Next verse, you should come to the coin, to the priest, who will be in those days. And you should say to him, I declare today to God that I've come to the land that God swore to our forefathers to give us. So why does the verse say the coin in those days? So Rashi says, you have no coin, you have no priest, but the one as he is in those days. Meaning a person could say, I don't know, this priest, he doesn't seem so worthy. He's not like I remember his grandfather, his father, his great-grandfather. I don't know if he's the person I should be giving my first fruits to, but on the other hand, what am I supposed to do? So the verse is telling you, whoever the priest is in your days, that's the priest. That's the one you give this to. And you should say to him, so Rashi says, you're saying this, why is it to him? Just say it. Why does it say to him? So this declaration that God has fulfilled his promise to give us the land of Israel is said to the priest. In other words, if I'm acknowledging to another person that God fulfilled his promise, that's expressing gratitude. And that's what Rashi's saying to show that you're not unappreciative, that you recognize it's all from God, you recognize God fulfilled his promise, you recognize all these beautiful fruits in your fields, it's very easy to think, I, 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 I work so hard to make them. No, I understand it's all from God. I declare today, on these words, Rashi says, once a year, not twice a year. Today, that word teaches us that the declaration is only made today and not another day. In other words, on a practical level, let's say your figs have ripened, but your dates aren't ripe yet. So you can bring the figs, you bring them as a gift, and you say this whole, all these verses of praise and gratitude to God. If later you bring your dates, you bring the dates, but you don't say these passages. You only say it once a year. Next verse, and then the priest, the coin, should take the basket from your hand and lay it before the altar of God. So Rashi says, why is the priest taking this basket to wave it? The priest, the coin, puts his hand under the hand of the owner, of the farmer, and together they wave it. Both of them are obligated to wave it together. Just like we are used to waving a lulav and estrog in those directions, that's the same way they would wave these baskets. And then you should say, now from here until the end, basically, or through verse 10. Now we're at 5. These are all the, the passages the farmer says 
to verbally acknowledge God's goodness here. In general, just this, this commandment is a very special commandment because there's many times every day where we praise God. When we make blessings in the morning, we're praising God. Our prayers are a praise of God. Before we eat, we're praising God, acknowledging his goodness after we eat. But generally, this acknowledgement of praise of God is mental and verbal. The first fruits is a unique commandment in that it's acknowledgement of praise on God that actually is action-oriented. You are traveling to Jerusalem, to the temple, with your fruits that you put in a basket, and you are giving this basket and waving this basket. And So it takes it to a whole new level, this acknowledgement of praise of God, that it actually brings it to action. So you say to God, and Arami would have destroyed my father, and he descended to Egypt and traveled there, few in number, and he became a nation, great, strong, and numerous. So it says, the Anissa, you shall call out, which actually says means you raise your voice. You say this in a loud, in a loud, strong voice. And Arami would have destroyed my father. So what are we talking about here? We're supposed to be praising God and thanking him for the beautiful land and these gorgeous fruits. So Rashi is going to explain that by saying it, Arami would have destroyed my father, I'm actually also praising God. Because I'm explaining how this Arami which means Lavan, from Aram, wanted to destroy, but God didn't let him. So by opening up with an Aram, he would have destroyed my father. I am praising God for saving us. So Rashi explains that Lavan, the Arami, wanted to destroy everything after Yaakov, Jacob, left Lavan, his wicked father-in-law, with his wives, Lavan's daughters, and his children. Lavan chased after with his sons, and he meant to destroy, to kill out Yaakov and the whole family. But God didn't let him do it. So we are really praising God's kindness by mentioning this. Now you could say, what do you mean? He, Lovin didn't do it. Why are we publicly, every single time, we bring the first fruits, which means for a farmer, once a year, we remember how Lovin wanted to destroy us, when he didn't do it in the end. But Rashi explains that for the nations of the world, if they are planning on doing a wicked action, but it doesn't happen, that wicked thought is considered like an action. Meaning, it doesn't mean because they changed their mind because they realized it's, it's a bad thing to do. Then we say they repented and were happy. But if the plotter just didn't succeed because he was prevented from carrying it out, the circumstances changed so he couldn't do it, we consider it like he did it. Because he, from his end, he would have. He had love and completely would have destroyed Yaakov and his family, but God prevented it. So that's why we credit him with this destruction that it never happened. And then the verse said, and he, Yaakov, Jacob, went down to Egypt. Why are we saying this? Again, Rashi says, we're doing the same point. Others tried to annihilate us. The Egyptians tried to annihilate us. As we know, when Jacob went down to Egypt, he entered into this tremendous peril for the, the Jewish people. But again, God saved us. And when we went down there, it says, it says we're few in number. Rashi clarifies we're exactly 70 people that left. And yet when we left Egypt, we left with millions. Again, God's enormous kindness to our family, to our people. The next verse, the Egyptians mistreated us and afflicted us and placed hard work on us. Next verse, then we cried out to God, the God of our forefathers, and he heard our voice. So our afflictions, our travail, our oppression... 
The next verse, Gacha goes out of Egypt with a strong hand, with an outstretched arm, with great awesomeness, with signs and with wonders. So again, all of these verses, one of the world does have to do with offering the first fruits, it's all a verbal acknowledgement. The same way I look at these fruits and I'm like, look at God's kindness to me. Yes, I worked, but look at God's kindness, giving us this land and this bounty. And I'm remembering all the ancient kindnesses that still are significant today. The next verse, he brought us to this place and he gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Which is, of course, the biblical praise of the land of Israel. So we have here two words, the place and the land. So Rashi has to clarify what's what. So the land, Rashi says, should be as it's understood, which would mean the land we're talking about here is Jerusalem and Israel. So this place means the temple, the Beis Hamikdash. So he gave us this place of the Beis Hamikdash, and the land, as it normally would mean in this context, of Jerusalem, of Yerushalayim. Continuing, last verse here. And now, behold, I have brought the first fruits of the ground that you have given me, God. And you shall place it before God, and you shall prostrate yourself before God. So you shall place it, Roger says, from here, we, the last thing we heard about this uh, basket was that it was placed on the altar, and then it was waved. So if it says you shall place it, that means that after the coin, after it was waved by the priest and the, the owner, the farmer, the farmer is holding this basket in his hand the entire time he's saying all these verses. And then when he concludes, he again waves it and places it down again on the altar. And you should rejoice with all the goodness that God has given to you and your household, you, the levy, who are not farmers, so you want to help them, and the converts, who are in your midst. And you wish rejoice. So Rashi says, this teaches us that we only read these portions, these passages of the first fruits, first fruits during a time of joy. Time of joy is from the holiday of Shavuos until the holiday of Sukkot. That's the time of the harvest. That's the time of joy. You come to the temple then with your basket and you say all these passages with tremendous joy. But if for whatever reason you couldn't get there on time, and you come after the holiday of Sukkot, you can still bring the first fruits, but you cannot say these passages, because these passages can only be read in a time of joy. You and the levy. Why does it specify the levy? Because the levy is not considered like the regular farmer. He doesn't have these ancestral lands. He only has his cities. But around his cities, there was a place to plant. So if the levy planted crops, planted these fruits, then he also is obligated in this commandment of the first fruits. And then it also specifies the convert. Why does it specify the convert? Because the convert's in a bit of a different situation because the passages are talking about all these things that happened to our ancestors, and these are not the ancestors of the convert. So what does the convert do? Does he have this commandment or not? So we are told he does have the commandment, and if he is a farmer and he has first fruits of the seven species, he also brings them to the temple, but he doesn't say the passages. And that is the end of the portion and the end of these verses on this very, very special, very joyous and beautiful commandment of gratitude to God, which is the commandment of the first fruits.